Hello, welcome to the Bearded Tits podcast, hosted by me, Jack Perks. Professionally, I'm a wildlife cameraman, but I dabble in podcasting, and each Tuesday we release an episode as I have a chat with scientists, artists, filmmakers, and passionate people all about nature in a light-hearted and certainly not serious way. Hello and welcome to the Bearded Tits podcast. I'm your host, Jack Perks. Now, we're already past the halfway mark for this series. I do 20 episodes per season, so it is fast approaching. This episode is a Jack Does, and this is where I go out with the outdoor mic and I'll do an activity and record what we're doing. In this case, it's rock pooling. I haven't done as many of these this series for two reasons. One, I'm really enjoying interviewing people. I find it fascinating talking to people about their passions, um, and I like doing that style. And two, I'm running out of outdoor activities. There's only so many naturey things that you can do that are of interest on a podcast, um, and I'm running low. So if anyone's got any suggestions of things that I I should do, maybe moth trapping? Although, again, like I could do a moth trapping podcast, but I think on my own, it's not going to be that interesting. I'd have to get an expert in. So I don't know. Anyone's got any suggestions, fire them over at Instagram, at fishtwitcher, that's my Instagram, Drop me a suggestion for um, a Jack Does podcast and I'll uh, I'll have a look what we can cook up. Now this week I am in Northumberland, my absolute favourite place in the UK. I love Northumberland and I'm going rock pooling. So they're not as diverse as some of the other rock pools in the UK, but they do have some truly weird and wonderful stuff. Not to mention some fantastic birds and we are going to have a little audio treat of some of the birds along there as well. I will warn you, it is a little bit bristly and windy. It's amazing how wind can affect these outdoor broadcasts. So I do have a dead cat, which is um, not me strangling the neighbour's pet or anything. It's like a fluffy thing you put over the mic to stop wind. So for the first 10 minutes, it can be a little bit rustly. If that sort of thing annoys you, maybe give this pod a miss. It's not too bad, uh, but it does get better as the podcast goes on. Anyway, let's get into it. Here is Jack Does Rock Balling. Well, hello. And welcome to the Bearded Tits podcast. Now today is a beautiful, relatively still sunny day in late May. And I am in Northumberland. What am I doing in Northumberland? Well, I'm glad you asked. I am rock pooling. I absolutely love rock pooling. Being from a landlocked county like Nottinghamshire, I don't get to do it very often. But when I lived in Cornwall, I was utterly obsessed with rock pooling. Loved it. The rock pools here on the northeast are nowhere near as diverse as the ones in the southwest, but they do have some specialties, some rarer northern species, and that's what I'm going to be looking for today. So we're going to have a little route around. We'll talk about what we find as we go along. It is gorgeous today. I mean, there's a little bit of wind. You might be able to pick that up a touch, but it's actually relatively still. It's lovely. I've got my Crocs on. I've got my twat hat on got my little pond dipping net or rock pooling net in this case and a bucket let's see what we can find all right crocs are simultaneously the best and the worst thing to wear rock pooling because it just means you can get straight in i always think you've got to get stuck in with rock pooling it's no good standing on the side and dipping the net in the corner you've got to get your feet wet you've got to lift some rocks up that's where you're going to find the good stuff 
the trouble is crocs have fuck all <laughs> nearly slipped then have fuck all grip so you do have to be very careful but the other reason i'm wearing crocs today is that there are some sandy patches here and you do get weaver fish which what is that oh, that's a bit, a bit of weed um you get weaver fish which are a nasty little fish that sits in the sand i mean they're not nasty they're just defending themselves i suppose and they've got quite a nasty sting um so i would always be careful on sandy beaches if there are weaver fish around now my process for rock pooling is i'm going to put my net down here find a good looking rock and that's got to be one with a crevice for something to hide under just move some of that out of the way and i'm going to lift this rock up now are we going to get anything live on the pod oh there's an eel pout oh there's two eel pout lovely now eel pout are otherwise known as viviparous blenny they're not actually a blenny but they they're called that and I'll tell you a very interesting fact I learned only the other day about eel pout, which is they're the only fish in the animal kingdom that suckles its young. They suckle their young in the, I don't know if you call it a womb, but they give birth to live young. That's why they're called viviparous, like viviparous lizards. But while they're carrying their young, they release a, a sort of, it's not a milk, I think it's like a mucus that the young feed on. So it's the only fish that suckles but they are a northern specialist. I was hoping we'd find them. I didn't necessarily think we'd find them under the first rock I looked under. Um, they're not a very big fish. They were only maybe three or four inches. They kind of look like an eel, I suppose, but they're, they're not an eel either. They're their own kind of, in their own family. I'm sure for that, that's great. Two of them as well. Two eel power. Okay. And there's another rock right next to it. I do realize you're all taking this on faith. I mean, I could just be talking out my ass, couldn't I? But I wouldn't do that to you guys. Right, let's lift this rock what we got under here uh, nothing <laughs> absolutely nothing I always just give it a second to settle because it's that fight or flight things will either absolutely scarper or they'll stay deadly still so don't be in a rush to put the rock down and obviously be very careful as you put the rock down because you don't want to crush anything that you might have just disturbed now, oh, now that is interesting, um, but I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> this is a rock pooly thing that looks like a fossil. It looks like a trilobite. I bet someone listening to this will know what it is. Looks like a limpet. I tell you what, right, I'm going to pause this and I'm going to come in while I'm recording voiceover and tell you what it is because I can't remember the name of it, but... Um, they basically are kind of oval and they've got a sort of really nice colour to them. Kind of a, a pale, pale pink almost. Oh, I can't remember the fucking name. Okay, well, Future Jack will tell you what that is. But that's cool. Okay, so this is Future Voiceover Jack. Now, that is a chiton, or chiton, C-H-I-T-O-N. And they are a mollusk. They're 500 million years old. That's how long they've been on the earth for. And they look a bit like a limpet, I suppose. The best way to describe them is they're an oval flattened shape with a, a shell over, with overlapping plates. 
So they're quite a freaky looking thing, easy to miss, but I could not remember the name for the life of me. Anyway, let's get back to Northumberland. There's the usual array of limpets, um, periwinkles, you name it, they're all here. I definitely need to uh, do some more Rockpool ID. There's a brilliant book by Steve Truella. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but I have got it. And that's very thorough. It goes through absolutely everything. I'm just looking out to sea now and there's rafts of Idas. I am definitely going to take you all to go hear the Idas at the end of the podcast. If you stay to the end, that's your little treat because Idas make quite possibly the best noise in the animal kingdom. Hermit crabs absolutely everywhere. The water's actually pretty pleasant. It's not bad. And it does make you think that rock pool animals have got to be absolutely hard as fucking nails because they go through such extremes. They go from low, oh, what was that? What was that? That looked like a fish. Oh, oh, oh shit. <laughs> what the fuck was that? What are you? I've got to get you now. If I don't get this now, I'm going to look right twice. Oh, oh, oh. Um, oh, it, it's a shanny. It's a shanny. Now, you're, can I get you in the net? Go on, go in the net. Go on, go on, go on, go on. Oh, oh, he touched the net. Okay, well, I saw what he was. Um, I always think of shannies as southwest. These northern rock pools don't get as many blennies and gobies. If I, if I was in Cornwall doing this, it would be absolutely littered with shannies and, uh, and gobies, but not so much here. Oh, well, I've just scooped up. You can actually hear them flopping around. Shrimp or prawn. I don't know how you tell the difference between a shrimp and a prawn. I don't know if it's semantics, but... Um, what have we got? Oh, a nudibranch. Nudibranch, that's cool. That's a sea here. They're sort of brown. I think they're a mollusk, technically. And they project this sort of purple ink when they're threatened. So I'm not going to pick it up. I'm actually finding a lot more than I expected to. Traditionally, I've always struggled with northern rock pools, but it might be that I normally come at Easter and it's perhaps just a little bit too cold then because uh, at the minute, I'm finding all sorts. Finding absolutely all sorts, right. I'm just going a bit closer to the shore now. And your eyes are incredibly important for rock pooling. You've got to look for those things that are... Oh, that was something then. <laughs> You've got to look for those things darting around. What were you? You were probably a shanny, I'm going to say. And I'm just looking for those perfect rocks. I want a rock, ideally, that's nice and flat and I can lift up and there might very well be something hiding there. The other thing to look for is... Uh, a crevice but it depends how brave you are because you shove your hand in and if there's a f uh, I was going to say a frog I was going to say a frog if there's a crab um, that's not fun times particularly if it's a velvet swimming crab I don't think they get them as much up here but they've got red eyes really spiky and they're absolute psychopaths of a fish um, of a crab sorry they're absolute psychopaths of a crab they'll rip your finger off they're um, horrible bloody things <laughs> could probably hear my dogs in the background. I don't normally bring my dogs out when I'm wildlife watching, but uh, my thought was they can't do much harm 
rock pooling. Um, I may be wrong. <laughs> oh, I, th I thought you were, were all enjoying the lovely sounds of the Northumberland coast and then you've got two yappy dachshunds <laughs> in the background. Oh well. I'm just going to go back to the big rock pool where we found those blennies because there were some lovely rock pools around the corner but they didn't have the right looking rock. Oh this looks good, right. Let's have a go here. This is a this is a good looking rock. Right, let's lift you up. What have we got under here? Anything? A mm, couple of prawns. A couple of prawns. But not a lot else. Oh. Okay. Oh, this is just heaven. I'm in my absolute element. Oh, oh I'm going a bit deeper now. I just rolled my trousers up like a proper kind of Brit on holiday. Alright, let's lift this rock up. That's a heavy rock. Um, have we got anything there? No. Not as much under that one. Oh. Now you can maybe hear as well there's a kitty weight colony not too far away from here. I mean, as where I'm rock pooling right now, I can actually see the Farn Islands. I'm stood rock pooling very close to the Farn Islands, um, which I was tempted to do a podcast on, but you can't land anymore at the minute because of avian flu, which is fair enough. And I thought, well, I don't really want to be on a boat because there'll be loads of people there. The boat engine will be chugging away. So I thought, well, rather than, rather than that, let's go rock pooling, which is no hardship for me. Can't see anything there. I don't know why rock pooling's got the stigma of being a thing just for kids. Because I tell you what, I could do this all day. If I lived if I lived near the coast, this is what I'd be doing all the time. I'd just be out here looking for all the weird and wonderful stuff because you just never know what you're gonna find. Anything could be lurking under a rock. You could have things like octopus that are stranded, or you might even find shark or ray eggs if you're very lucky. I've just come to a deeper bit in the rock pool, there's some sargassum, which I think is actually not native. I didn't think that was up this way, but I'm pretty sure that's sargassum. Only reason I know that is I went to a talk the other day, because it was Invasive Species Week in May, and I was at a talk, and they talked about sargassum. Well, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to stop recording because I'm, I'm one-handed and I'm going to do some serious rock pooling for half an hour and then put everything in a bucket and we'll talk about what I've found. Wish me luck. Okay, I'm back and I've found some cool stuff. One very interesting find. I'm just getting out the rock pool. I've realised that trying to record a podcast and rock pool at the same time is quite difficult because my hands are all salty stop it and it means it's difficult to record so let me just open my bucket right so i've got quite a nice size eel pout much bigger than the ones we found straight away 
and they do get big-ish. I think they get to about 20 centimetres, maybe. Maybe a little bit bigger than that, actually. I think up to 40 is a big one. It's got beautiful, beautiful orange fins and kind of banding along the back. But this one's maybe the, the big one, I would say, is about 10 centimetres. So I'm pretty happy with that. But fish find of the day, brace yourself, listeners, is, if I can get it, <laughs> is a Yarrell's Blenny. <laughs> I've never seen one before. I've never caught one. And these are a northern specialist, so you only really get them in any numbers further north. Now, I thought it was a butterfish, which is a very kind of similar looking fish. And I was just about to release it. And then I saw on the top of its head, it had two kind of almost tentacles. And that is very typical of the Yarrells. So it just goes to show, make sure you ID something correctly before you release it. And that's the first time I've ever seen one. So I'm absolutely chuffed with that. I'm really, really pleased with a Yarrells Blenny. I have found an edible crab as well. And this one is about to shed, well, it's already shed its skin because it's really soft. It's like a marshmallow. But I'm pleased to find an edible crab. It's got a lovely kind of reddy crimson color on the back of it. I've also found some very funky shrimp. Um, I don't know the species. So again, what I'm gonna do, future Jack, I'm giving you lots of, lots of work here. I'm gonna pass over to you because you will have found out what these are, but what shrimp are they? Hello, it's voiceover Jack again. So I think what I found was a skeleton shrimp, which is a really weird alien looking thing. Uh, I can The best thing I say is Google it. I can't do it justice. It sort of looks a bit like, you know if anyone's ever seen Men in Black, the film, and there's like the cockroach alien in that. It looks like that. That's what how weird it looks. Have a Google, it's a weird one. Thanks, Future Jack. <laughs> I also found uh, some sort of marine worm. I think it's some kind of ragworm, maybe. It looks like the stuff I use for bait. So I'm pretty chuffed with that. That Yarrells is great. I was not expecting a Yarrells Blenny. Absolutely fantastic. Oh, it's lovely feeling the sun on me at the minute and the wind. Well, what I'm going to do now, I think, is... I'm just going to take a walk further down and see what else we can see along the coast. Well, I've left the rock pools now. Well, I say left, I'm walking alongside them, but... And I'm heading to a cliff top where you can perhaps hear that colony of kittiwakes. And I thought it'd be worth having a little nosy. Now, I don't want to get too close. I obviously don't want to disturb them and cause them to leave the nest or anything but I'm just going to head down and see what I can see I'm just surveying the rock pools now and you've got this upper tidal limit where it's all very green and that's where that slippery stuff is always avoid the green when you're rock pooling that's the stuff that's going to break your leg and that's because you often get freshwater inlets. So there's a lot more nutrients higher up the tide line. And the lower down you go, that's not being exposed for as long. So you get different species 
occupying different niches. God, there's some cracking rock pools here. I tell you what. I mean, I, I literally went to the first rock pool I saw and I found stuff, but I mean, these all look fantastic. They're very clear at the moment, which generally helps. <laughs> I am wearing Polaroids today, which help cut through the glare. Not seeing anything stranded. Sometimes you get shoals of small mullet or sand eels stuck in the rock pools, but I haven't seen any of that today. Did see a five bearded rockling, which is not a bad little species to find. Well, I assume it was a five bearded rockling. Could very well have been a shore rockling, actually. There we go. And just coming up to the colony, presumably this is an offshoot of the Farns, because there's a lot of kittiwakes on the Farn Islands along with the puffins and whatnot. You don't generally get puffins nesting on mainland Britain, the exception being Bempton Cliffs. But here in Northumberland, you're pretty much restricted to the Farne Islands. Now, there's also a lovely muddy bank at the top here, and you can maybe hear sand martins. And there are dozens and dozens of sand martins just kiting about in the sky. I've actually seen all four swallow family birds today. There were swifts flying over sea houses itself. There were house martins, which have got that sort of white rump, and they were collecting mud earlier. And there were swallows nesting in the village as well, and now sand martins. So I've ticked all four off in one day, which is always a treat. They're just dotted. There's one flying in now, straight away, no messing around. It always amazes me with swifts how they they don't land at all apart from when they're nesting. They eat on the wing, they sleep on the wing. That's remarkable. Sand martins do at least have a little rest. You will see them sometimes perched up, but swifts are hardcore. Not that there are any swifts near the banks. There might be some higher up. I haven't seen any. But just as long as you might very well be able to hear is a colony of kittiwakes and there's maybe three or four hundred kittiwakes all dotted, dotted along the bank and they're one of the few success stories in recent years we're all too accustomed these days to hearing doom and gloom of British wildlife but kittiwakes are doing relatively well in the way that they're recolonizing areas that they weren't before and in particular urban areas if you go to places like newcastle bridlington a lot of places on the east coast kittiwakes are moving into towns and cities which as a casual visitor i think is fantastic and it's brilliant to see i imagine if you've got these nesting outside your house you're not going to be particularly chuffed but they're really pretty birds they're kind of they're like a herringle, but they just look a bit more innocent. They're not gonna fug you. They're not gonna mug you for your fish and chips. And dotted in between the kittiwakes is the odd pair of fulmers. And fulmers are stunning. They're really, really pretty. Again, probably an overlooked bird because everyone just rushes for puffins. But fulmers are kind of a petrel. They're almost like a mini albatross. Closest thing we have to an albatross in the UK. 
and there's a few of those dotted in. But you'd be very unlikely to get puffins nesting here. You maybe would get the odd shag, possibly a razorbill, but not puffins, not in this area. That's lovely, that's so nice to see them dotted. There's also loads of them sat along the rocks here as well, just nearby. And it's great that as long as you're responsible, I'm not getting too close, they're all sat up there quite happy. I'm not flushing them, I don't need to be any closer than this, but that's great. You see some of them, you can hear the San Martins <laughs> chasing each other. Oh, there's a former, I can see one now. Very different flight to the Kittiwakes, it's a much heavier bird, a bit slower. Beautiful to see that fly in. That's wonderful. Well, I did promise if you stuck to the end, we go and hear some Idas. So I think it's only right that I head into the harbour and go find Britain's largest duck and certainly my favourite duck. Let's head over. Okay, well, I promised you something as a little treat at the end. And I've come down to the beach and you can probably hear some little birds. <laughs> and these are riders. So I've got three females and three males right by me. Another female's just come in. So these are the largest duck in the UK. They're a marine duck and Northumberland is about as far south as you get them reliably. You do get them all around the UK coast, but they generally stay a bit further out. And this time of year, we're in late May, they have their young. So it's surprising to see a few males around. They normally kind of clear off, but the females are around as well. And they're one of my absolute favorite birds. Not only because they're very beautiful birds, the males I've got this sort of creamy belly, bright yellow legs, a green on, on the back of the head and then yellow and black for the rest of it. And the females, although they're quite dull, like a lot of ducks are dull, they've got this sort of kind of peppering of browns and blacks. Oh, there we go, the male did a great, <laughs> great noise there. But the thing that sells it for riders is that the noises that they make, they're very vocal little ducks. And they've got this amazing cacophony of different vocalizations as you can hear. And I could sit and listen to Ida's all day. They're absolutely fantastic. There's a male slapping up to me now. <laughs> they're brilliant. And they're really tame here in Northumberland. In certain harbors, they'll come pretty uh, pretty close to people. So I think Great Crested Degree probably pips the post a little bit for me. They're probably my favorite bird, but the Ida comes a very close second. great noises. There are a couple of different kinds of Ida. You get Stella's Ida and King Ida, but they're pretty rare. These are common Ida, and these are the ones that we generally get in the UK. <laughs> Not much to do with rock pooling, but um, a little treat for you. Anyway. <laughs> That's such a great noise. I turn into a big kid when, when I rock pool. I absolutely love it. And I sometimes get people looking at me a bit funny, like, why is that hairy bloke rock pulling on his own but I love it and that's one of the things I do miss about living in the uh, in the Midlands is that there are not really any rock pools in fact I was going to say Northumberland's the closest it's not you've got them at um, Yorkshire haven't you as well but I love rock pooling any excuse to do it 
If you can support the podcast on buymeacoffee.com, if you're a regular listener, you know the drill. There's a link in the description. You can support me there. Follow me on all the social media. Um, medials? <laughs> media. Uh, that's also in the description. I'm going to do something a little bit different this week. I'm going to play about 30 seconds of those Ida's calling before we finish the podcast. Because I tell you what, I could listen to that all day long. But I'm going to subject you to 30 seconds of it anyway. Because it is the best bird call in the British Isles. They are phenomenal birds and they make this fantastic camp sound, which I absolutely love. So here it is, and I'll see you next Tuesday for the next podcast. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>